Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday services from the First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma. My name is Tim Walker and I'm the pastor here. I'd like to welcome you today to join with us and to open God's Word in just a few minutes and we'll be looking at a passage uh, that we'll study this morning. Uh, just a few announcements as we get ready to begin. I can tell you, church family, that our church council will be meeting Tuesday evening by telephone to discuss where we are in uh, Stillwater with the coronavirus situation and the possible uh, reopening of our church. And uh, we'll be uh, communicating that information with you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, I think I've also shared that the uh, electric company that's going to be putting in the new lights in the auditorium, they've delivered supplies this week and will be working on that uh, hopefully this next week. So that should be coming about very soon. So uh, those are some things I'd just like to mention. Continue to look at our uh, Facebook page, our website, contact the church office if you have any questions, any prayer requests. Uh, so let me share a couple of prayer requests. Uh, Vernon Avance was in the hospital briefly. He was fine. They sent him back home. Uh, his son Ron Avance was in the local hospital and has since gone to Oklahoma Heart Hospital. So we want to pray for Ron Avance as he is in the hospital. Uh, Maris Ward uh, has been uh, doing fine after her uh, surgery, but here recently fell and Steve took her to the hospital. So she'll be in the hospital for a few days and hopefully out very soon. So those are some updated prayer requests that we know of. Again, if you have others, please let us know. So uh, would you bow your heads with me, please, as we go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Almighty Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day to worship you. We thank you for the gift of life itself. Father, we pray for the uh, impact of the coronavirus upon our country. We pray for those who are uh, sick here in Oklahoma right now. Lord, we thank you for those who have recovered. And Lord, we pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones. Father, be with us here in Stillwater as we have seen an increase in the number of coronavirus cases. Uh, Father, uh, may there be a quick recovery. What, may we be able to get a handle on, on this situation. And Lord, uh, just be with our nation. Guide us in these days. Uh, give us reliance upon you. And Father, we pray that above everything else, that you would bring revival and spiritual awakening to our land. Father, be with those who are in the hospital. Uh, be with those who have been sick. Be with those, Lord, who are facing surgeries and upcoming events in their life. Lord, bless them, heal them, be the great physician for their needs. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, open your word and to worship together. Uh, strengthen our hearts, strengthen our lives to be your witnesses in this world. And guide us now, for it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you'd like to open your Bibles with me this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at um, about verse uh, 18 to the end of the chapter and then also some in chapter 2 because this is Father's Day. And as we celebrate Father's Day here in uh, 2020, uh, I hope that you have uh, had the opportunity or will take the opportunity today to talk to your father, whether it's by phone, communication, by email maybe in person, maybe you'll be able to spend time with your father today. Uh, and if so, I, I hope that you're able to really appreciate your dad and share that with him. 
If your father is uh, gone to heaven, uh, I hope that there are wonderful memories that will be in your mind and heart today as we think about celebrating Father's Day. And I'd just like to say uh, that uh, while my father is in heaven, I do appreciate and am thankful for his influence upon my life. And I want to preach today. I want to speak to you about fathers and some things that we ought to consider. I believe that we can learn from the example of the father of Jesus Christ, Joseph the carpenter. And we're going to think about that today. You know, God chose Joseph and Mary to be the parents of Jesus. And God prepared, I'm sure, their lives down through the centuries, their uh, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. And so whenever we look at uh, the life of Joseph, we can say that here is somebody that God had truly chose. And so even though he has no words recorded in Scripture to speak of, uh, even though we don't know a great deal about his life other than the few uh, verses that we read from in Scripture, I believe there's some things we can learn from him. So that's what we're going to consider today. And in Matthew's Gospel, we see the genealogy of Jesus Christ leading down to uh, Joseph and then uh, Jesus, uh, who was born of Mary. And then we read about a decision that Joseph has to make and then the follow-up to that decision. So we're going to just look at Matthew's Gospel today. Now, Here's what I want to say. Dads, be a man who loves God. Be a man who loves God. Uh, Joseph, I believe, was a man who loved God. You know, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, we see names such as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob who lived in a land that they never owned title to, but yet it was promised to them. And then we read further in the genealogy and we come across men like David and Solomon, who were actual kings over an actual kingdom, who uh, had responsibilities, who ruled over the land of Israel. But then after the exile to Babylonian, the descendants of David are no longer kings. They no longer have an office where they're in charge of a nation. And so the genealogy comes all the way down to Joseph. And Joseph, we do know from Scripture, that he was obedient to God, that he believed God. I believe we can also say that he loved Mary and that he loved Jesus. And where does that come from? I believe it comes, first of all, being a man who loves God. It's important that we know the Lord and that we honor him, and serve him, and love him. So I would encourage you dads this morning, first of all, be a man who loves God. Dads also, uh, remember this, that life won't be perfect. So trust God. Trust God in all things. You know, Joseph is engaged to uh, this uh, young lady, uh, Mary. And then in that time of engagement, it becomes known that Mary is pregnant. Now, this was a surprise to Joseph. This would have startled him. This would have said that the things maybe he hoped would go smoothly did not go smoothly. See, that's a reminder that life won't be perfect. Now, I do think we see in Joseph there's no anger about his pride somehow being attacked by what's happened to Mary. We see that he does care about Mary. 
He thinks about what needs to be done, and he is going to go to Mary's family and tell them that let's put Mary away secretly, but let's not bring her out to public ridicule. I think it says that Joseph really cared about Mary. And again, just the reminder that uh, life has challenges. Sometimes jobs that we have are gone. They're lost to us for reasons that are not under our control or reasons that we have nothing to do with. Sometimes there are failures in life. Things that we try, things that we attempt that simply don't work out. And we know, dads, that there are many sorrows in life. And you know, in all of this, one of the things I would say is, dads, don't lose your cool. Don't let life's failures and sorrows upset you, make you angry. You know, sometimes in the background of our families uh, where we grow up, there's temper. And uh, we sometimes learn early that uh, we can react to life's disappointments by getting mad, by uh, having a temper uh, uh, attack. But I just want to tell you, control your temper. Don't let life get the best of you. You know, one of my proudest moments as a dad is a moment where I chose not to lose my cool. Uh, many years ago now, we had been on a family vacation. We were heading back to Oklahoma. We had stopped in Forest City, Arkansas about noontime, and we were eating at a local pizza hut there. Now, we were in a rented van. It wasn't ours, and uh, during lunchtime, we were eating, and my oldest son, uh, Jonathan, said, Dad, can I have the keys to the car? And I said, sure. I figured he wanted to get something out of the van, so he was gone, and then a little bit he comes back in, and he stops at our table, and he looks down at me, and he says, Dad, I think the keys are locked in the van. Now, my first thought was, what have you done? Why, why have you done this? It's not our car. I don't have any other keys. That's the only keys. But I found the, uh, I made a choice, found the courage in myself to say, calm down, Tim. Let's not blow this out of proportion. So I looked back at John and I said, well, let's go take a look. So got up from the table. We walked outside and looked in the van. And sure enough, there were the keys hanging from the uh, uh, key uh, holder. And so uh, we were locked out. What I did is I walked back in and uh, got the manager of the Pizza Hut and said, hey, listen, my van is locked up. Uh, what can we do? And he said, I have a friend who's a locksmith. And let me call him for you. And he called his friend, and his friend was there within about 15 minutes. He uh, got the van unlocked. He got us the keys. Uh, he left a small bill with me, which I was able to submit to insurance. So we were maybe 30 minutes longer in leaving than we would have been normally. And I did not lose my temper. I kept my cool. I didn't make an issue about it. I didn't give John a, a hard time the rest of the journey home. And I look back on it and I say, you know, that's a moment where I'm really proud of how I handled that situation as a dad. Dads, don't lose your cool. Trust that God is with you in a small moment, in a big moment, that God is with you in the failures, the job losses, the sorrows. Trust and rely upon God. Dads, I want to also say, stay close to God. Joseph, we see, is thinking about what to do about Mary, and he goes to sleep, and he has a dream, 
And in the dream, an angel speaks to him and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is in her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. You will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph got up after the dream, and he went out and did exactly what he was instructed to do. You know, that's one of the great things that you can say about Joseph, is that he was obedient to God. He followed God. You know, some of the other people in the uh, uh, narrative story of Jesus, uh, the nativity story of Jesus, uh, they don't respond as well. When uh, Zacharias, the husband of Elizabeth, is approached by the angel Gabriel and told that uh, they're going to have a son, you remember Zachariah's response was, wait a minute, how can this be? Uh, we're both old. Uh, how can this be? And Gabriel has to say, hey, the Lord is going to make this happen. And since you don't believe, you're not going to be able to speak till he's born. Uh, we see that uh, even Mary, whenever Gabriel approaches her, uh, her first thought is a question uh, informed that she'll be the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. She says, well, how can this be since I'm not married? Uh, but Joseph, Joseph trusts God in such a way that he has a dream. He wakes up, he obeys that dream, and you know what? It leads to other dreams. We read further in Matthew chapter 2 and uh, how Joseph has other dreams instructing him on what to do. I think there's something interesting in that, that as you trust God and as you obey God, and as you do what God asks you to do, I think it becomes very likely that you will learn more from God as to what to do. I believe it was the Christian writer A.W. Tozer that said, while God doesn't have favorites, He does have intimates. We can choose to be close to God. Dads, I want to encourage you this morning, be close to God. Worship Him. Read your Bible. Pray, attend church, be a moral man, be a man who loves his family, who loves his friends, who does his best at his job. Dads, stay close to God. And dads, another thing I want to tell you is that you can be an influence in this world. You might say, well, pastor, you know, I'm not a senator, I'm not a congressman, I'm not even a mayor. Uh, in my job, not too many people know who I am or know what I do. How can I be an influence? You can be an influence in your children's lives. You can help them to grow up knowing the Lord and loving the Lord. You can be an influence in the city that you live by the way that you treat others and respond to others and how you encourage others, the kind of person that you are each day. You can impact our country by being the kind of man that God can use right where you are. And you know, not only can we impact our country today, we can impact our future as a country. You know, I want to tell you, dads, that our country right now hurts for the lack of godly fathers in their children's lives. While you can't be a father to all children, you can be a father to your children. And sometimes you may get to be like a father and influence on the friends of your children. You should seek to do that. 
Dads, you can be an influence. Now, church, I want to share a story with you right now, and I'm going to have to explain it a little bit as I go along. When I was a student at Oklahoma Baptist University, uh, one of my friends uh, uh, that I, I got to know was a young man named Raymond Brown from Henrietta, Oklahoma. Raymond was a musician. He could sing, could play piano, very talented. And you know, after OBU and I went to seminary and started pastoring, I eventually came to Henrietta and became the pastor to Raymond Brown's parents. And Raymond from time to time would be in Henrietta and we'd have an opportunity to talk and visit. One of these visits, Raymond was sharing with me something that he had heard. Raymond Brown had gone on in his life to end up being a musician. He was the piano player for Cynthia Clawson at her concerts for many years. Cynthia Clawson was a very popular Christian recording artist in the 70s and 80s. A lot of albums, beautiful voice. Well, Raymond was telling me that Cynthia's, uh, her band that she traveled with, her uh, group that she uh, worked with, they once were uh, having a retreat, a uh, retreat for the band and their member, uh, their family members, and their speaker, uh, the man who came to lead the retreat, was named Grady Nutt. Now, those of you who are a little older remember Grady Nutt. Uh, Grady Nutt was a graduate of Baylor University. He was a preacher and then became a Christian comedian and was very effective in that. Uh, Grady Nutt spoke in churches all across Texas. I know he's been in churches in Oklahoma. Uh, Grady Nutt recorded albums, did live appearances. In fact, Grady Nutt at one time was on the uh, nationally syndicated show Hee Haw and was considered a, an important part of that cast and like a pastor to the people on Hee Haw. Grady Nutt was speaking at this retreat for Cynthia Clawson's uh, band, her, her family, her church family. And uh, he was sharing with them at one of the sessions where he had always asked the question, where did Jesus come up with these stories that we read about in the Gospels? Where, where did these wonderful stories come from? And Grady Nutt shared with that group that he had had what he could best describe as a vision one night. And he told them that it was like for him looking at a large TV screen or even a movie screen and seeing some scenes played out that were from the life and the times of Jesus. We read in Matthew 5.41 where it says that if a soldier commands you to carry his pack a mile, carry it for him another mile. And in this vision, Grady Nutt saw a soldier come by the carpenter's shop of Joseph, and he commands Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, to carry his pack. And Joseph carries the pack, but he doesn't just carry it one mile and drop it as, as that was the only distance required, but he carries it a second mile. And then the story that we read in Luke chapter 1033 of a man going down to Jericho and on the way he's attacked by robbers and he's beaten and left there. And we read how a Jew and a Levite pass by him and do nothing to stop and help him. But then here comes a Samaritan and the Samaritan stops and he helps this man by getting him on his donkey and 
takes him to an inn and sees that he receives uh, attention and that where he's fed and the man pays for it. And in this vision, what Grady saw is that that man going down to Jericho was Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And you know, I don't know if that vision that Grady Nutt received was true or not, but it does raise an interesting question. What if some of the things that Jesus tells that are at the very heart of his teachings and so much is an example of what he wants us to do? What if it came from the earthly life of Joseph? What if it came from how Joseph lived and who he was? Well, you know what that says is that the influence of Joseph is truly going on today. Joseph, Joseph lived a life that influenced and touched others. Jesus is still calling on us to live a life that reflects God, that is a blessing to others, that influence others. And friends, what better way to live our lives than to live them to be an influence for others? I just want to ask you today, dads, learn from the example of Joseph and learn from God's Word. Learn how you can live and what you can do with your life and how you can be a major impact player in this nation right now because you can. Let me pray for you and we'll finish up this morning. Would you bow your heads with me today? Almighty Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that we've had to look at your word and think about what your word, your directions have to say to us today. And Father, I want to especially pray for dads right now. I pray for the dads that are raising young children. Lord, help them to be a godly example in every day. Father, I pray for the dads that are raising teenagers and their children are growing up. Lord, I pray that they will be trusting of you and all that they do and they will just seek to glorify you. Father, I pray that you'll give dads strength and wisdom and love and help them truly to love you and trust you and rely upon you. And Father, in all of our lives, may we ever be about living and being the example that Jesus calls us to be. Father, speak to our hearts this day. Guide us. Help us to be your witnesses. And we ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. May the Lord bless you in this next week, and may God guide you in every step of every day. Thank you for joining us this morning. I look forward to seeing you again next Sunday morning. May God richly bless you in this and every day. Goodbye.